Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the business of cannabis. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Lewis Goldberg talk with the CEOs, politicians, and cultural icons driving the cannabis industry forward. This episode is a little different. It's one of our hostful episodes where the skipper, Gilligan, Marianne, Thurston Howell, Wait, no, that's the wrong show. I mean, Anne Lewis, Phil Carlson, and Nick Opich talk about what to look forward to in the world of legal cannabis in 2019. And for the first time ever, we have a listener question to answer. Exciting stuff. Don't sit back, lean forward. And now on to the discussion. Um, okay, guys. 2018 is in the books, and while the stock markets are clearly in free fall, cannabis somehow seems to be, well, kind of recession-proof, huh? Uh, and not clearly from a share price perspective. I mean, you know, we'll probably talk about this later. You know, the most of the cannabis stocks are, are tanking, but sales across the com- country seem to be soaring. Um and we are now going into our second year of producing The Green Rush. And over the last year, we've had some really amazing guests on from current Congressman Earl Blumenauer, NBA legend Al Harrington, Ziggy Marley, and my personal favorite, Jason Muse from Jay and Silent Bob fame. So my first question to the group is, who haven't we spoken to that we really should? And you go first. More women and people of color. Um I think we sometimes get sucked into the bro network a little bit and you bros are fine, but I think we need to have more perspective of people who are not white and male. Um, and I personally would love to get uh, Shanita Penny on the show from uh, Minority Cannabis Business Association. We met her back at MJ Biz um, on Shay's Roundtable. Um, I would love to try to get Whoopi and Maya, uh, Lori Ajax from the BCC, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, just because she's a rock star, just to name a few. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> please come on, AOC. Um, uh, Phil is rolling his eyes as, as, we, as we, we gloat. I Roll have in my all you want, Phil. Uh, and you know who else I think would be cool would be Montel, right? Um, yeah. Because he's got a really interesting personal story with the plant. So, Phil, who do you think we should have? More sports figures and or commissioners. I know Speak that up, we Phil. had. Sorry, Ann. Um, <laughs> uh, more sports figures. I know we had Al Harrington on last year, but I think. And Marvin uh, Washington. Marvin Washington. That's right. Um, I did enjoy our car ride with him when he was. We were going to. Uh, we were in New Orleans. But um, yeah, I, I would like to get uh, like Roger Goodell or Gary Bettman on here and get their thoughts in terms of like. What's the next steps for the sports leagues, you know, especially with franchises that are in Colorado and California? Uh, you know, how are they going to go about allowing players to use cannabis, you know, cannabis products, CBD? Because it certainly helps. And there's too many people that are, you know, fucked, messed up on. Uh, no, you can say fuck. It's totally kind. On, on opioids. And I really think that, uh, you know, a lot of these guys in, in, that are playing professional sports, you know, they need to have other outlets other than, you know, being fed a bunch of pills. So I, I would I would really like to hear what these guys have to say. When is I the think collective bargaining idea. thing happening? Yeah, well, that's what Marvin had raised, right? He said that that this was part of going to be part of the, the new negotiation for the NFL collective bargaining agreement. So we maybe want to go after um, also the um, the heads of the NFLPA or the, the MLB Players Association. Um, sure. 
Kyle Turley. He uh, he retired from the Saints back in 2007, and he was using opioids all the time. But now he switched over. 2015, he's been using cannabis, CBD products, and he is at the forefront here and trying to get uh, you know the NFL to get on board. Cool. How about you, Nick? Who do you think we should talk to? So one thing that I think would be really great is we started talking more with the politicians, like people like Jared Polis, who's now going to be the governor of uh, Colorado, um, and, and Corey Gardner from Colorado as well. I think uh, in the next year, we're really going to see the conversation ramp up on what's going to change federally in terms of the laws, what's going to go on with banking. And then one of the big conversations is what's going to happen with social justice reform. So getting these politicians' perspectives on what is going to change and how it's going to change, I think, would be really valuable, too. I think that makes a lot of sense. And for me, I, I actually want more of the cultural icons. Um, you know, as much as I am a fan of these guys, but people like um, Cheech Marin or um, uh, Joe Rogan, people who are at the, the either at the cutting edge of, of what the cultural conversation is or you know, have historically pushed the, the cannabis culture forward. I think that that's, those are people that I would like to talk to. Um, and also from a purely um, selfish perspective, I'm fans of these guys. So it'd be a really cool way for me to get to bullshit with them. And, you know, when we talked with Jason Muse, you know, and you and he clicked because you have that Monmouth County connection. And I was like, what about me? I'm a Jersey <laughs> boy too. And he just totally blew me off. You fanboyed out enough. I that came through. Where's he, where's he, he from in New Jersey? He's from, he's from Monmouth County. Yeah. <coughs> the, be- so the best year, of the Jersey counties, Phil. Let's be, let's, come on, let's be real, all right? So um, last year, 2018, was totally a year of surprises in the cannabis industry, from uh, the $4 billion investment by Constellation into Canopy to the huge run-up in the middle of the year uh, on cannabis stocks to the massive tanking at the end of the year. So what do you guys think was the biggest surprise of 2018? Phil, you know, you, you, you're, you're a resident stock guru, so what about you? What do you think? Uh, Constellation putting four billion dollars into Canopy. I, that you know, I, I'm not sure who's on their due diligence team over there, but um, <laughs> you know, you saw those Twitter posts on there uh, regarding that one Canopy grow where 85 percent of their crop was completely wiped out because of black mold. Um, I just when I saw that and then I saw Constellation put in that four billion dollars, I'm like. What's going on here? But, you know, other guys are moving into the space here. Altria, I thought, you know, it, it, we knew it was coming. I just didn't think it was going to happen that soon. How about you, Nick? What, you, what was your biggest surprise? Yeah, I want to second what, what Phil was talking about. I think it's watching the surrounding industries and the big companies around there, like Coca-Cola's, the Molson's, um, uh, the tobacco industry, really, like, diving full face in. And it's the overall excitement at we saw at MJ BizCon. Like, I still can remember the two-hour lines that people were waiting in there, just seeing just how much excitement that I think would have been impossible to expect even, like, two, three years ago for this industry. Is That was the biggest thing that jumped out for me in 2018. How about you, Ann? Um, mine was that California revenue was so disappointing. Um, it was off by, like, a lot. Um, and I think there was so much hype. I mean, California is the fifth largest economy in the world. Um, and when it went adult use, you know, that was like the second coming. And, you know, the LA Times had a great story about it um, maybe a week or so ago. We'll, we'll stick a link in the show notes in it. Um, you know, based on the, the tax revenue collected, uh, I think they, it's bringing in $470 million and it was projected to bring in um, $630. Um, so that's way down. And it kind of, you know, said that it's really it's easy to vote for cannabis. Um, but 
then it becomes a not in my backyard issue. And that kind of points to the stigmas and stereotypes that I really think still needs to be addressed and the education that needs to happen around, you know, what this actually means, what the plant does, what it can be used for, um, and why communities should actually be embracing this versus um, saying, yeah, I'll vote for it, um, but I I don't want it anywhere near me. Um, So I think, and and the other surprising statistic was something like 20%, there's only 20% of neighborhoods in California um, that are allowing it. So there's just a big gap there that I think really needs to be addressed. And, you know, if California is going to be the model for the world, um, those numbers are kind of disappointing to me. Um, I, I, for me, I think the politics of cannabis, um, surprised the hell out of me. You know, when Phil Murphy was elected governor of New Jersey, he had promised to have cannabis legislation done in the first 100 days. Well, now we're more than 365 days since he was, um, you know, installed as, as the governor. And there is still no legislation done in New York. And, and a lot of that has to do with Jersey. issues around social. Yeah, well, Jersey generally, but social justice, um, economic justice and the like. And then you hear on the other side of the aisle um, that New York State um, and Andrew Cuomo has really flipped almost 180. 80 degrees on his position on cannabis where he is he is he may beat New York State may beat New Jersey to getting legalized cannabis and then also you know the voting um, where four or, or was it four or five of the the six um, states that had um, cannabis on the ballot passed um, and it was and it was not only just blue and purple states it was red states too you know utah passed a a medical cannabis bill so i think that the politics of cannabis um continue to show through um the other thing that surprised me this year was that a lot of the 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 people who were involved so deeply in the industry forgot how small this is against the entire backdrop of politics. You know, when, when you work in cannabis day in and day out, and you're not only doing the business of cannabis, but you're dealing with the culture of it, you're dealing with the, the social justice stuff, you, you drink the Kool-Aid or you smoke the bud so much that you forget where these issues fit into the overall society. Yeah, that reminds me of our conversation with uh, Congressman Blumenauer. It's like, where are you kind of took him to task like what could, the Democrats could totally be doing more from this they're they're potentially losing this issue to the Republicans and I thought he had a great rebuttal for you on that uh, where like no there's definitely champions of cannabis legislation within their party and they're pushing for it and so and everybody likes it when I'm wrong so <laughs> you know it's it's kind of par for their and, and and you know as somebody who's married and a father of teenagers I live my life wrong um, I'm totally used to it um, so I, I, if you listened to the show over the last six months or so, um, you heard speaking me speaking about being wrong. Yeah, speaking about being wrong, um, you heard me declare definitively, and I, I say everything definitively that I was sure that Trump's October surprise would be a descheduling of cannabis. And man, I was just, I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, and I think that also puts into perspective um, the the politics of of the plant. Um, so. What do you guys think, you know, you know, we've we spent the last, you know, the first, you know, 15 minutes of this conversation looking back at 2018. Let's start to look forward. Um, where does the politics of 
of the plant go this year? Nick, you know, what do you think? Well, we're recording this episode in the first week of January, and right now we're already seeing the, the battle between Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump like take full force. So I really am having trouble right now having optimism towards seeing it happen at all during the Trump administration. Uh, so that would mean we're looking at 2021, 2022 well, for when, when not, that could happen. He's not going to sign on to any type of legislation that, you know, like Elizabeth Warren is going to put out there. You know, that's what in, in regards to like the States Act or something along those lines. But uh, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be some uh, some a ways out, you know, on in terms of like federal legalization or something along those lines. Yeah, and if the Democratic Party from the House passes a, a cannabis legalization bill or anything like that, I can't see Mitch McConnell wanting to then champion that in the Senate or try and get his members to want to pass it as well. Well, that speaks to Lewis's point earlier that, you know, while we're so in it day in and day out, um, it's just one of a hundred issues for these guys. And it's not particularly one that's high up for a lot of them, no pun intended. Um, so having, you know, uh, like our government is shut down. Like kind of who gives a shit about cannabis right now when, you know, workers aren't being paid and, you know, this stupid wall. I, is, I give I give a shit about cannabis right now. I, I, but I'm saying if you're in government right now. I know what you no, mean. Yeah. I, no one cares about you right now, Lewis. But <laughs> <laughs> but like, like I said, married with there, teenage kids. I mean, there are so many other things that are that are pressing that I kind of agree with the team here that, you know, nothing's going to get done this year from a federal perspective. I disagree. And I do make it a habit not to get into the head of Donald Trump. So I have no clue what he'll do. I disagree. Um, I, I don't know if it gets done this year, but I definitely think that there this will become a larger part of the conversation. The government's not going to stay shut down um, and and you're going to start to see a lot of Democrats declare for running for president and guys like um, uh, Corey, uh, Cory Booker and and women like Kamala Harris, um, they have already said that that cannabis legalization is going to be core to their their platforms. They said it's going to be core to their platforms. And Trump will either do one of two things. He will either um, shut down and say, no, there's no effing way I'm going to support this, or he's going to try and co-opt them. So I think that cannabis is only going to become more and more part of the political conversation, not less and less. Um, whether it gets descheduled, decriminalized, or, or the States Act passes, that I, I won't guess at. But I don't think that it's going away. I think that it's only going to become a, a bigger part of our, of our overall political, you know, Consciousness. Well, it may become a bigger part of the discussion, but nothing's going to get done this year. Well, nothing ever gets done in Washington. Zing, zing. <laughs> let's dream, let's dream for a minute, then, guys. All right. So, um, what would you guys like to see happen in 2019? Well, all right. So, so I'll go first here. What would I like to see happen in 2019? I would like to see the first development of a truly national brand. Um, you know, I think that. Again, we, we are also deep into the industry that we forget how young it is, how small it really is, um, that, that you, know, you know, we talk with the guys who are the big guys in the industry. But a big guy in the industry is actually still pretty small if you put them into perspective of the overall national economy. You know, if you look at, at, at the multi-state operators, right, um, the biggest ones have 
30 stores, maybe 40 stores in total. You know, we work in the midtown Manhattan and within a mile radius, there are more Starbucks than there are totally single branded stores of any one company. So what I would love to see is somebody, whether it be an MSO or uh, a, a consumer packaged goods player in the industry, kind of break out and figure out a way to establish some sort of real national brand. And, you know, from a personal perspective, given what we do for a living, I want us to be part of doing that and, and driving that conversation. But that's really what I want to see. I want to see cannabis become much more um, specific to brand and less and less generic to either strain or just the plant in general. How about you, Phil? Oh, you actually asked the well, question. Yeah, so and shit. you stole my answer, Lewis. I feel like you cheated. I right. didn't cheat because you didn't share it with me. <laughs> I didn't. Ahead of time. I actually have them on a separate piece of paper. So, right. uh, yeah. Right. But I agree with you. I think I would like to see the brands take take front and center. I think um, there's just a lot of opportunity there, and there's you know we're going to talk more about interstate commerce, and you know once that opens up, that's going to be you know uh, the the key to some of these brands really taking foothold a foothold foothold a foothold taking a whatever um, you know. A, a, what what I want to see in 2019, like my my moonshot would be, uh, I want to see New York go full wreck, uh, because adult use, yeah, adult use in, in New York because Anne's in California, Lewis and Phil are both based in New Jersey, so they're both either already wreck or well on their way to becoming adult use states. I would love me personally because I live in New York to see that happen here as well, so that I can start getting familiar with these brands. And oh, get you the, mean and, you just want to go get stoned? I, I didn't say that. I want to. I want to build. I want these companies to reach out to me for this. Uh, this customer loyalty. I want to start Can't figuring you just out call what your brands I like. Guy and have him bring you his brands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Since Lewis and Ann, you guys are caught up on brands. If if you could be an edible, what edible would you be? <laughs> oh man. For me, it would be a chiller. Why is that? Because it's a, a hoodie with a lead pipe. <laughs> Me, no I, I have to be honest. Um, I'm I'm a huge Kiva fan. I love I love their Lewis, uh, their chocolate. Stop chocol- stealing my answers. All right. Well, which one do you like better? The 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 the, the Kiva uh, blueberries or the Kiva espresso beans? Neither. I like their Not- mints. Oh, so there. I like the blueberries and the espresso beans. And if you put them together, it's just like having a blueberry coffee. It's really good. I'll have to trust you there. I would be a mint because they're cool and refreshing with a hint of relaxation. I'm with Phil on the chillers, but like I'm not a big edibles guy. I do a lot of the vaping and the traditional just joints and uh, packing my bowl. That's what I like. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so my turn, um, and I'm going to be a Debbie Downer here, but and maybe Phil, this is more focused on you, but what the Fliberty gibbet is going on with this market? There's been so many positive strides in so many aspects from the politics to the investment, but it feels like we really got kicked in the teeth, especially in the fourth quarter of last year. What happened? Uh, you know, I think it was more of like a, a, a macro thing here, right? You know, it, it, with the trade war going on with China and the, the market being overheated, I think, uh, you know, and you saw the cannabis sector just ripping throughout 2018. I think people took a step back and said, all right, hold on. Let's, you know, we're, we're getting a little too far of ourselves here, too far out ahead of ourselves here. And, you know, let's let's just take a step back. But when you're looking at some of these companies across the board, there are some serious discounts 
on companies that should not be down this far. And uh, such I don't, as uh, name well, names. Come on, I, name I, the I, names. I'm not going to name any of our clients, but <laughs> you uh, can you name know, a couple uh, clients. Like a, a company like Cannon Royalty is is definitely gotten beaten down. You know, this is, they own 50 plus brands, have the two largest distribution points in in California. You know, um, uh, you have other companies like. I, I, like Kush is, 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 you know, they were up for the year, but they could still, you know, they, they had definitely had a lot more room to run. Um, and you're going to see that with a lot of these other companies. Um, I think, you know, with it still being federally illegal here in the United States, people are asking me, you know, I've, I already missed the boat. And I, I'm like, you really haven't because look at it's still federally illegal. It's a $65 billion, $75 yeah. billion market. $10 billion is legal. There's a tremendous... If, if nothing expands and all we do is eat into the illicit market, it's a monster opportunity. You're talking about a six and a half times growth. If you had a six and a half bagger on, on any stock right now, you'd be flying. Um, I think... I agree with you in some point, Phil. Um, I think that um, cannabis is still like a frontier investment market um think of it like uh asia in the 80s or russia in the 90s um and that you have to have a strong stomach to be buying cannabis stocks um you know if you looked at what happened in 17 there was a big runoff and then again a fourth quarter sell-off um and then it, it started to pick up again in march uh, i think i i'm not that i know shit about the markets other than following them for work but I think the same thing will happen again. Um, there was a risk off. Um, it got oversold more than the general stock market got sold off. The, the general stock market got sold off about 15 or 20 percent. Cannabis was off by like 30 or 40 percent. But the upside opportunity for so many of these companies is still there. And, you know, people took profits. They made a ton of money. They are probably going to start to reinvest in, in February or March. I have a follow up. When will we see the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange loosen up? Will they be ahead of federal, le federal legalization or follow behind it? In terms of what I think uh, for some of these ancillary plays, I, it, you're going to see it happen before federal legalization. But um, for the, the guys that are touching the plants, I, I think it's going to be after federal <laughs> legalization. But who knows? I'm, I'm going to side with Lewis here and say that I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually agree with you on this. I think that you will see a lot of the non-plant touching companies get on by the end of this year. The plant touching companies are going to have to wait to federal legalization. They, 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 the stock markets cannot put uh, the the New York Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq cannot put something that would is considered to be dr federally illegal, but specifically, you know, drug drug money and and money laundering. They they can't do that. But for a company, you know, like Kush or or others like Urban Grow, and there are lots of companies out there that don't touch the plant that I think that these guys, they're going to have to. They just have to. So, so that actually kind of leads into my next question. Um, so one of the people that we talk to a lot is Alan Brockstein. And he is a good friend of, of, of both the firm and, and the show and said that, you know, 2018 would be the year that M&A really takes off. And we saw a lot, you know, not not as much as I thought, but we saw a lot. You know, you saw MPX and, and Ianthus announce a merger, Forefront and Canex, um, and there were others. I think 
2019 is going to be a bigger year for M&A. Um, but, you know, what do you guys think? Lewis, I am going to agree with you on this. Um, oh, Phil, did that hurt? <laughs> stunned faced. It's like I said. Stunned face. Seat of nails. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I agree with Lou. I, I think, you know, there's so many companies out there that are discounted. And, you know, you have all these mom and pop shops that are out there. And, you know, the like these collectives, right, in California, they're done now, right? They got to go somewhere. So it's, you have a lot of these guys that are out, the, like the bigger companies that are raising a shit ton of money. They're going to come in here and, and start gobbling these guys up. And, you know, I think it's you'll see it heat up, maybe not the first half of 2019, um, but you're going to see a lot of M&A activity. Do you think because the, the market's so down, that will make some of these buys a little more attractive for people? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I, you know, there's some companies out there that, uh, you know, they're trading at a significant discount. I don't see how it couldn't how it couldn't happen that way. Sorry, yeah, Nick. Just to echo Phil's point, I was just going to say that I think like the Forefront Canex deal is like a really good uh, um, harbinger. Yeah, harbinger of like what's to come. Like you, you saw a company like Forefront that has a, a really good uh, uh, base on the East Coast, and they found somebody in a really mature market that's really good at what they do in Canex, and so they made a really smart strategic partnership with them. So I think that's going to be the real big driver for the next six months for sure. I, I'm going to say. That one of the big guys buys another one of the big guys. That you're going to see uh, a MedMen or a Kronos or a GTI or uh, a Columbia Care get eaten by somebody else. Like that, an Aurora MedRelief thing that we no, saw last year? No, I think year, it's going to be a, a U.S. MSO buying another U.S. MSO. Um, that they that, that we're going to just start to see, you know, these guys raised hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and they have potentially you know billions of dollars on their balance sheet and their equity they're going to use that and they're not going to be wanting to buy onesie twosie little deals you know we we talked with joe lasardi um uh, from cure relief and and we've talked with um kevin murphy and, and george allen from acreage and they say the due diligence that you have to do on buying a company that has two or three or five dispensaries is the same as a due diligence on a company that has 30, 40, or 50 dispensaries. So I'm going to go for the big bite. Um, and they need this to to both support their businesses and make their revenue projections as well as to support the stock. So my guess is we see at least one, like, holy shit deal this year. Like, I can't believe they sold to them. Um, that's what my guess is. Who do you guys think are going to be the big breakout companies of 2018? Um, well, look, I'm a big fan of Candescent. And I think what you Adrian are? said. Look, I yeah, hadn't heard that before. Yes, yes I am a fanboy for Candescent. And Lewis and, has a Candescent tattoo on his shoulder. I, well, no, it's <laughs> fine. Fine. But no, honestly, I think what Adrian is doing is really smart. Um, and, and he's not a client. Um, but he, I think what he's doing from a packaging, a branding, a brand story perspective is really unique. You know, everybody in the industry talks brand. He's actually built a brand. The only other person who I've encountered who has the same type of brand story is what, um, Lynn Honard has done with Mary's, uh, nutritionals and Mary's medicinals. Um, but as much as I love what her products are and her personally and the story, I think what Adrian's doing is just 
leaps and bounds of what everybody else is doing. And for those interested in wanting to learn more about what Adrian's doing, you can go back and listen to the episode we did with him a couple months back where he really got into uh, what the Candescent brand is doing. Um, for my answer in terms of breakouts, I think it's going to be uh, like the, the MPXs and Ianthuses. I think they're going to be really um, more of a household name for those companies like when uh, all the Tilray news hit really big uh, back in 2018 where people that weren't necessarily interested in the cannabis industry all of a sudden knew the Tilray name and they were like, well, should I invest in this company? They were coming to all of us like saying, like, give us more information on who these guys are. I could see like an MPX or Ianthus become one of those. Mick, Any, you're cheating. Anything CBD. You stole mine. <laughs> I had MPX and Ianthus, but I'm biased. But I think they're two really smart, really capable uh, companies that are coming together, and I'm really excited to see what they do together. Sorry, I stepped on you, Phil. That's all right. But I'm also yeah, any- not in the same room as you guys, so I can't see. <laughs> That's all right. Um, uh, anything CBD, you know, I, I really think like Wildflower, you'll, you'll see a company like Wildflower with their CBD products. I, I know people are already using them right now, but I think you can really see these guys becoming one of the leaders in the space. Um, you know, their capsules are fantastic. This vape pen I've been hitting the entire time I've been sitting here is great. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a CBD pen. It's a CBD it's pen. It's a CBD pen. <laughs> <laughs> But it's good. It Why works. are your you eyes know, I, so I, bloodshot? I, I, I use it for my shoulder, and I, I, this stuff is fantastic. Um, so we have asked you guys, our, our loyal listeners, to submit some questions. And for the first time, you actually did. What? It's so exciting. Love it. All right. Who is this first one from? The last name is Goldberg. Who is that? Exactly. <laughs> no. His dad. Um, we've, got a qu- <coughs> we've got a question from uh, Mason Hall who said, I'm very interested in companies IPOing on the big boy exchanges. Mostly companies like Kush and GrowGen, as they don't touch the plant. Um, and I love hearing news about this. So can you talk about this? Well, we did. Um, but um, I, 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 I'll go back and say, I think that one, one of them, somebody is going to break the bubble um, and open open the floodgates for the non-plan-touching companies to list on either the um, the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. And I'm going to actually say, I think it's going to be the New York Stock Exchange before the NASDAQ. Phil, what do you think? For these, what, so the, for the non-touching guys, like listing? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I said it earlier. I think you, you'll see some of these ancillary plays um, list this year, um, whether it's the NASDAQ or NYSE, MKT. Um, you know, is it going to be the first half of 2019? I have no idea, but um, I, I think something has to happen. I, not that I know of anything, but I'm just, I, I think that these guys have to finally, you know, get in line, you know, see where the market's headed and understand what people are, that there's a lot of interest out there, and I can't see these guys continuing to step on them and, and, and keeping them, you know, in the background yeah and definitely with like how popular the CSE became last year with all these cannabis businesses it doesn't make any sense at this point for for nasdaq and nyse to ignore that so we've got a, a question from a guy named len scotto who says um i have a question about a company like charlotte's web which i own how can they create brand loyalty how there are so many cbd cbd companies out there how do you differentiate yourself so nick what do you think how do you differentiate yourself as a cbd company Man, I think it's uh, you have to provide a lot of different form factors because people the, there's going to be people like Phil that want to vape it. There's going to be people that want to just do like the oils and creams. And I think it's just being able to offer a whole 
uh, selection of different types of products uh, for consumers to use because they everybody's going to want to use something different, especially since it's going to be a new product for them. Um, so I think that's got to be the first step is being able to provide it in every possible form. And I'm going to shill a little bit, but hire people like us to get out there and to tell your story. I think um, a lot more education needs to be done. First of all, a lot more research needs to be done, and that's kind of in the process. Um, but I think there's just a lot more education needs to happen in the space to get more people comfortable with it and to understand what it does and understand what it doesn't do. Um, you know, I think getting getting ahead of it um, and actually building a communications plan and strategy and marketing strategy like you would for any other consumer packaged goods. So um, I think the more we treat this like a legitimate retail consumable product is when we're going to start to to see more cultural acceptance and awareness of what it is and what it isn't. So I think you hit on it, um, especially now that the, the Farm Act has passed and hemp has be, been made legal. Um, you have to treat this like a traditional consumer package good and spend, right? You don't see Budweiser only doing social media. You don't see um, uh, Huggies only doing earned media. You have to buy buy media to really penetrate and create a consumer brand you have to have an understanding of what the cost of acquisition for a customer is what the lifetime value of the customer is figure out what the delta is and then spend to make a, a, a smart roi so you're going to have to buy earned media like through companies like ours you're going to pay for for social media you're going to have to pay for tv ads you're going to have to pay for newspaper ads and out of home treat it like a real client a real product and then you will actually be able to differentiate yourself if you treat it like it's a black market product you'll never will but we're talking about cbd here cbd only cbd because, because there's eight thousand cbd companies out there so uh, let's talk about research like the guys that come out and get and have the appropriate research done and like how this is going to, going to benefit individuals you know and what they should be taking it for you know something along those lines i think if you just had some regular cbd company that had like fancy packaging but didn't tell you what the benefits were and if they didn't have any research behind it why would i buy that versus another company that actually you has saw it research? on the super bowl or you saw it on, on, on it's going to take years for no, research to honestly, catch up with it though yeah i think oh, I you have to so you you're have not to supposed really to, so, spend yeah and you can't i mean there's enough kind of anecdotal stuff out there that you can market on, but it's going to be years until we get, you know, the true, you know, researched, you know, clinical studies that really make What's, an impact. Let, let me ask it to you slightly differently. What's the difference between Cialis and Viagra, right? There is none, but they, the reason why, I mean, I, not that I know, I've never tried them, but the point, <laughs> but the point is so that- Nick that, and I are giggling over here. The point is that they spend a ton of money to brand themselves, right? Um, Huggies and and Loves, two diaper brands, which, by the way, clearly a relationship between Cialis and Viagra and Huggies and Loves, if you just think it through for a moment. But the, the point is they spend money to acquire customers. The same thing has to happen in CBD. Yeah, you look at uh, Beats by Dre versus Sony. Like Beats by Dre, yeah, they're inferior quality, but everybody wants to wear Beats because of all the marketing. and Because it's going to get them factor. to the Huggies and Love phase. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So now we have our very first Twitter question, guys. Uh, and it's the million dollar question. How will interstate commerce 
affect the industry, who are going to be the winners and the losers. And I think this goes under the assumption that um, we are going to see a passage at some point of the States Act. So let's go under the assumption just for 2019, not going out <coughs> five years from now, somehow the States Act passes. So who are the winners and the losers? Um, I think it's going to be uh, like producers in a state like Michigan where if they're able to like cultivate and do a whole bunch of stuff out there, they could, with uh, the markets like Illinois coming online, you're going to have Pennsylvania that's expanding their medical, New Jersey and stuff, they're going to need time to ramp up. Michigan's already got a really robust program, um, so they could, I think they could really benefit from uh, ability to interstate commerce. I think it's going to be the brands, um, and not to plug Candescent again, but Candescent that's already done the brand work, that, um, that they already have a really well-established, you know, look and feel in place. And those companies that, you know, we, we always tell our companies um, that are not public, um, who maybe want to be public, act like the company you want to be. Act like a publicly traded company, even though you're not. And I think what Adrian's doing there is he's acting like, like a national brand. Um, and I think the companies that are doing that and that are, you know, looking five years ahead, not six months ahead, um, are the ones that are going to win out with, um, you know, when interstate commerce becomes real. And stole my question, my answer. You guys are a lot of thieves here. I, actually, I'm I'm the one who steals it most of the time. <laughs> but but I actually think that you're all you're wrong. I think that everybody loses right now. That all of if if somehow the states act passes today, that um, actually the big losers are going to be investors because these companies are going to get beaten down and swallowed up. You're going to see the big outside pharma companies come in. You're going to see the big packaged goods companies come in. And maybe they'll buy a few of these guys, but none of them have the scale to really be worth it for a Dwayne Reed to buy or you know a CVS Caremark to buy from a dispensary perspective. And none of these brands are so big or have any real brand loyalty yet that they couldn't be bought on the cheap or just competed with. So I, I actually think that if the States Act passes this year, that the whole industry is right fucked. So What a but great not, note to end on, Lewis. Yeah, I was going to say, that's <laughs> yeah, not going to... Wow. So, all right. So let's end out on a positive note. Um, we haven't done a puff puff pass in a long time, um, and you guys, you know, weren't prepared for a puff puff pass. But how about one puff each um, on what you're excited about for this year? What 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 are you like most excited for for this year to to do to do not to see but to do in 2019? And also, it doesn't have to be cannabis related. It can be anything. And go ahead. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> It's like ordering at a table. You never ask the woman to go first. Um, I'm most excited to keep doing this podcast and to bring you know more of you clowns on here, and so that people aren't just listening to me and Lewis Gab. So I want more Phil. I want more Nick. I want more Annie. I want more Cynthia. I want more Gretchen. What do we think? Okay, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm excited for being able to meet with more more of these different companies. You guys started like expanding my role, I think, within the whole uh, space here at KCSA where I got to go to MJ BizCon, um, even though I'm a little bit lower on the totem pole. So I'm excited to be able to continue to grow there, go to Colorado, check out some of these really cool grows, maybe go up to Humboldt. And I got, I've got i talked with way too many people that talk about how cool that is, even though it's really hard Ooh, to get me to. Too, me too, so, me too, me too. Yeah, so I, I, that's what I want to do. Philip. Flip. Yeah. I, it, so it's. What Cannabis. Am I, 
<laughs> yes, cannabis. Um, you know, I, there's always something innovative that comes out in this space, right? And it's um, there's like I, I I don't even know what that's going to be, but I, I I I'm looking forward to that next big thing in this space, and who knows when it's going to be? But yeah, I want I I agree with you. I'm waiting for my mind to be blown, right? I I, I ha- as cool as everything that we are doing and see is, you know, from a form factor perspective. My mind's not been blown. It's just cool. Like, I love edibles, and I love the vape pens, and I love a pre-roll and dabbing, and like, all right. And you loved the the space we went to in San Francisco, the social club. Yeah, I think that's really I'm cool. So yeah. the, the, so the, the social consumption land. But, but, but the two things that, I, I, that I'm kind of most excited for is um, the concept of medical marijuana 2.0, where we see real pharmaceutical level research done on cannabinoids and THC and how they can actually be used to treat real disease, as opposed to the anecdotal stuff that we're, we're told. And, you know, when we talk about CBD, there is no real research. I want to see companies like GW Pharma, but others, whether it be an AbbVie or a Merck, really invest in researching this stuff. That's one thing I'm excited for. And the other thing I'm really excited for is I want to see how technology fundamentally changes the industry. There's something that's going to happen. Who the hell knows? Some Uber or Tinder or iPhone. There's nothing that's been like that. Oh, that's freaking cool. I can't wait to see that. That's the thing that I'm really excited about. Uber weed. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Leafly. I mean, no, I'm sorry, it's called Ease. But, but no, but seriously, I want to see what technology does. Like, there hasn't been real technology applied to this. So, so awesome. We are going to have a hell of a year. Thank you guys. Yeah, excited for 2019. Very much so. Thanks for having me on, Lou and Ann. Thanks for listening to our fun hostful episode um, with our colleagues, uh, Phil Carlson and Nick Opich. Um, If you want to reach out to us, find us. We're at KCSA underscore cannabis on Twitter and Instagram. Please hit the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher and email Lewis hate mail at greenrush at KCSA.com. He loves it. Hey, you know what, Shay? That's one take, buddy. One take.